Good evening, Not sure why that popped up. Give me one of those nights. I can already tell. Good evening, dummies. Yes, you're a dummy. It's not an insult. The dummies are the don't unfriend me. Somebody said, well, that's not good marketing. If you have to describe and explain it every single time, it's not marketing. Well, maybe it's not marketing. Airline flight attendants have to talk about the stupid seatbelt thing in the exit doors and make all those hand gestures, not because you're too dumb to understand, but because maybe some people on the flight have never flown before. So they do it every single time. Well, I have to explain it to the people who haven't flown the dummy friendly skies, the don't unfriend me it's an acronym. And it's something one of our viewers made up a year ago, and it's stuck. So welcome to the Dumb Nation. I'm the head dummy. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Wonderful to meet you. And let's get started with what we're going to talk about tonight with episode 286. Episode, or excuse me, 285. Jumped ahead there. 285 is about Joe Biden, of course. A few things we need to know about Joe. One of them, is he elected leader or Are they elected representatives? This is an interesting dichotomy. It's an interesting conversation. Let's find out tonight what the president truly is, and more importantly, what Joe Biden is and is not doing. It should be a fun one. Thanks for joining me. You can fast forward to these many minutes if you want to skip ahead and get past the intro. If not, please follow me. Now's the right time to play this at Don't Unfriend Me Show all over the internet. Just type in at Don't Unfriend Me Show in Google and you'll see all my sites. Stay tuned. Still points coming up with a little bit of intro music, and then we'll get right to the show. See you in just a few. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point. And always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him. Sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. If you like that song, Still Point is working on my very own Don't Unfriend Me intro music. I'm very excited. And, uh... Brandon, Nick, and Matt are all good guys. You can find them on Reverb Nation and iTunes. That song will be available. It's called Cry of the Saints. It's fantastic. Folks, let's get to the show. I'm excited to bring this one to you tonight, and let's see if we can get it done. A Biden by any other name is still pretty much the same. When Joe Biden was inaugurated as president, expectations were low, very low. After all, He only won the Democratic primary in 2020 as he was the least noxious of all the anti-Trump candidates, according to the anti-Trumpers. Many voters didn't care that his pulse was barely over the Mendoza line. All Biden really had to do was govern as a moderate in the end. Move out of the way of likely economic recovery, manage COVID-19 without resorting to authoritarian methodology, Be honest with the public, maintain strict southern border policies, and avoid screwing up the intended withdrawal from Afghanistan. All seemed pretty much par for the course. He even had a vaccine waiting for him, courtesy of the funding efforts of Trump's Operation Warp Speed and a compliant press who were instructed to only lob nerf balls at the former VP and Jen Psaki, of course. 
President Trump was often guilty of stretching the truth at times. He would exaggerate, embellish, and hype his position the way most eager salespeople do. A lot of liberals say he he lied 30,000 times. Of course, that would mean he would have to lie 27 times a day or more, and that's not what happened. It may not have been accurate at times, but I don't consider most of his false statements to be really dangerous, and there was always some kernel of truth to them. Is that an excuse for him stretching the truth? No, it's not. All politicians do it. Joe Biden is guilty as well. But on the other hand, Biden has taken lying to a whole new level not just stretching the truth. His statements are often Orwellian in their brash falseness. He can stand in front of the camera in July and say there is no way the Afghani government will collapse. And then a few weeks later, after the government collapsed in a day, calmly assert that his military was prepared for every contingency and they made no mistakes whatsoever. He can say the buck stops with him and then spend the next five minutes blaming everyone else he can name. He can say he is the leader to bring the world together while not even consulting his NATO allies before retreating and surrendering. I could go on and on. We'll see what he does with Ukraine. The man is so far from the truth when he speaks that he has lost all credibility with me and others. He is living in a bubble created by his advisors. You get the feeling that he is literally incapable of recognizing a mistake, let alone admitting to it. I don't think he's an evil person, but he's very obviously feeble-minded. The way you can tell that everyone around him knows this is by how little they allow him to answer unscripted and unplanned questions from the media. Trump would go off on tangents. Joe Biden goes off on nonsensical delusions. Say what you will about Trump, but he stood there and took the questions. He tried to answer even his biggest foes. Biden's handlers seem to know he lacks the ability to do that in any credible way. This, though, was all too much. So far, it appears that Joe Biden has failed on all fronts. He hasn't met a rake that he couldn't step on. Instead, this is what one sees when looking at his presidency. Inflation has skyrocketed while the economic recovery falls short of expectations. The country is edging into stagflation with the 70s calling to complain about his administration stealing their bad ideas. A significant portion of the population has dropped out of the work market to take advantage of the sit-at-home incentives that have been touted with added appeal. How about the divisive ideological platforms with a real strong left bias that are now routinely pushed in education, academics, the federal government, and worse, the military? Those who push back are all too often attacked as enemies of the state, or the commonly used phrase, domestic terrorists. COVID vaccine mandates that were advanced with such a heavy hand that they have led to a predictable backlash. They have also led to mass resignations and more dismissals and extended political division within the country. How about supply and shipping crises that have the government seem incapable of solving? A Department of Justice headed by a partisan hack who prefers to go after concerned parents as domestic terrorists than investigate violent groups such as Antifa and their fellow travelers. Imagine if he was the SCOTUS pick. Notice how they didn't go back to Garland. I wonder why. A country where cancel culture stories dominate the news cycle and the mobs dictate what people ought to hear and see. How about the crap show of a budget proposal that will further stifle the economy while significantly adding to the debt burden that future generations will have to shoulder? A secretary of state who sits back when being lectured by Chinese officials as administration's elite continue to flagellate itself over past wrongs.
A secretary of the Treasury who wants the surveillance state to look into people's bank accounts or anything more than $600. I wonder why. Could it be that income tax season is upon us? A White House press secretary who oscillates between snarky and surly while dismissing and diminishing the concerns of middle America. A southern border crisis that has spiraled out of control while its supposed SAR does everything in her power to gaslight concerns and avoid making the tough decisions necessary to mitigate the situation. Don't worry, she'll never be on the bench. How about a military brass that is failing over itself and falling over itself to embrace the latest flavor of wokeness as the Chinese test a state-of-the-art hypersonic missile system? I'm sure that'll stop that thing. How about an upsurge in crime in many American cities with the defund the police movement now moving to murder the police? It's all picking up steam. Meanwhile, the federal government hits the next note on the fiddle as the will to enforce retreats into the background. A withdrawal from Afghanistan, just one of the things that redefined the parameters of incompetence for Joe. The end result was the Taliban seizing power in Kabul while dramatically reinforcing their arsenal with American gadgetry. Oh, and providing security for retreating Americans. This was topped off by the death of American military personnel in the suicide bombing. In the chaos that followed, American citizens and green card holders were stranded in Afghanistan, all the while they told us they weren't. While a botched retaliation against a terrorist target took the lives of several civilians, including children. If this wasn't bad enough, we had to put up with the litany of administration lies and errors of omission that attempted to relabel the entire FUBAR, look it up, as some type of success. Biden's claim to the title Mr. Empathy has long since sailed off into the sun. The resurgence of ISIS and al-Qaeda as the weakness of U.S. foreign politics is exposed. The mullahs in Iran look set to take advantage of the situation with the great Satan clearly suffering from a crisis of leadership. Regular incoherent ramblings by the president, which confirm daily the obvious realization that Biden may be operating with less than optimum cerebral processing capacity. What is worse is that we are only 12 months into this term as president. What lies ahead? I shudder to think. How about a further expansion of the surveillance state? More non-productive navel-gazing? The addition of extended race-based ideology into the nation's institutions? Oodles of wasteful spending? Systemic plactation of the hate America crowd? Military leadership acting unilaterally? Politically-fueled division across all avenues of the culture? And worst of all, incompetence across a broad platform? None of this looks promising for America. Joe Biden is not an inspirational figure like Barack Obama was to half of America or the champion of a cause like Reagan or a leader who channels resentments like Trump. Biden is a professional politician. A professional politician is expected to have the skills to reconcile competing interests, make deals and get things done. His job is to deliver results. Biden is under enormous pressure right now to do just that. And Biden has so far failed to deliver on many of his campaign promises. Police reform, immigration, voting rights, a federal minimum wage hike, eliminating the filibuster. He did deliver a withdrawal from Afghanistan, but in a way that most Americans saw as incompetent and humiliating. To make matters worse, the economic recovery appears to have stalled. And the inflation will take away any benefit from a federal hike to begin with. Inflation is threatening to get even more out of control which leads to speculation that Biden could become another Jimmy Carter. He's well on his way. 
But to be fair to Biden, I'm not convinced that he is running anything at all. Each day he looks like a convenient stopgap. He's a figurehead for those pulling the strings behind the scene. Obama, <clears throat> this transcends politics. It comes down to some very simple ideas. Joe Biden is trying to be a leader, and that is where he fails. Throughout their time in office, American presidents are often forced to choose between leading the nation and leading their party. In an earlier time when the major parties were less polarized, this leadership dilemma, while challenging, was not nearly as vexing as it is today. American presidents now find themselves with little room to maneuver, compelled to serve the Constitution on the one hand, and yet caught within bitter partisan disputes and large numbers of unaffiliated voters on the other. But this is the crux in the current system. Our politicians are not our leaders. John Quincy Adams wrote, If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. You can say whatever you want about Trump and Biden, but Biden isn't a leader. Trump was an enforcer of the law, like a strong president should be, and Biden is a politician playing both sides to win a popularity contest that nobody cares about. Biden is a career politician because his fundamentals are that of the uh, popular opinion and will never be focused on bridging the gap of minority and majority opinions. This is why he has abandoned most of what he ran on, because his delusions of remaining popular have made him predictable and terribly weak within his party, within Washington, and more importantly, within the citizens of this country. Another way to tell a politician from a leader is this. Politicians are pleasers. They don't want to upset people, well, at least 51% of the people, just enough to keep getting elected. So politicians tend to take their direction from polls, from what people think of them. On the other hand, leaders are servers. They take their main direction from principles to determine what will be best to serve and represent the people. Politicians sometimes even adjust their clothes or accent at uh, the people they are with at the moment, seeking to relate and be accepted. Leaders remain true to themselves in very different situations and are willing to take the heat for speaking the hard truth. His lack of self-awareness is astounding, with the only saving grace being the foresight that the Founding Fathers had to insist on a necessary division of power. Some accredit Mark Twain with saying, politicians are like diapers. They both need changing regularly and for the same reasons. It's clever, like Twain, but too obvious for one with such glorious gifts with words. Two years and 351 days remaining until the country gets a clean diaper. The question is, should I make an obvious slide about Joe's diaper right now? I will refrain and simply say, it just depends. God help America. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching episode 250. What was it? I don't care. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. Too many veterans are suffering from PTS, traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression. All of these things are quite real. It requires a phone call from you. All you have to do is help that veteran is reach out, make a phone call, talk to them about this. If you can't reach out to me, I will help you make that phone call. And if that doesn't work, they can go to donutfriendly.com, click on the VCL link and be connected free of charge. Please do me that favor if you could. 22 veterans a day are dying. It's way too many. The great thing is it's 100% anonymous. It will not affect their current service or their duty station. And if you are not a veteran, you can call as well. It's all free of charge, and it's there for you. Folks, thank you for 
was it 258? What the heck episode was it? 285, Dyslexia for Cure Found. Anyway, join me tomorrow. I will be live 830 tonight. Can't wait to see you. God bless. See you tomorrow night. And remember, we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. See you tomorrow.